When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street Action Network weekly episode joined by BJ and Chandler this week. How's it going, guys? We got a lot to talk about today. I'm doing great. I mean, the Red Sox just dropped one and a half games to the Yankees, but things are still good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm doing great because the Yankees grabbed two or three from the Red Sox, you know, riding into the Phillies game with a little bit of momentum. Domingo didn't give up 50 in the first inning, so baby steps. You know, yeah, can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, I know that the uh, – so for those of you who don't know, for those of you who are listening for the first time, um, BJ from the Action Network, he is a diehard Red Sox fan. So we've been going back and forth about the Red Sox-Yankees um, every time he's been coming on the podcast. So it's been a fun little, uh, you know, friendly banter, as people might say. But he's even uh, – he wasn't talking shit last, before the last series, but he was uh, – you know, he wrote us a little death poem. Yeah. He was kind of talking yeah, shit last he was, one. you know, he was he was coming at us a little bit, and he said the yeah, the Yankees are going to get swept by the Yankees again. You know, look out! We're only here's the thing. Here's the thing. Games back, we won the series. It wasn't pretty, kind of. It wasn't pretty. Um, a W's a W. The the first game of the series was one of the worst games I've watched ever from a Yankees point of view. I mean, it was it was embarrassing to watch that game. Oh, yeah, I was fully convinced we were selling. Well, you know, what's funny, guys, is that when we did our Red Sox-Yankees preview, I don't know how long ago that was, we talked about Eduardo Rodriguez and how he was due for some positive regression, and look what happened. Yeah. Completely shut out the Yankees. Yeah, I don't get it. I really don't get it. You're not off scot-free yet for the reverse poem. We've got four. What? We have four more next weekend, this weekend, whatever, in Boston. Just wait till it happens. In your beautiful Fenway Park, the Cathedral of Boston. I, I mean, I'm, I'm whenever I'm, that happens, <laughs> I want to incorporate the death of Boston in Fenway into that poem. There's Make it well, you poetic. Guys, it's an old stadium. A, a dead person can't kill an alive person. So <laughs> you know, we are. The poem think. was an obituary. You guys are dead. So <laughs> Dude, I don't know, man. I've seen a zombie movie before. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I guess going going in terms of Yankees being dead, we can get right into it. Um. Chandler, what do you got for us? You know, you had a couple of things regarding Yankees um, playoff odds so, and a couple of questions. So what do you got for us? So I got two questions. Uh, I guess I'll just go with the one first. The Yankees right now are plus 135 to make the playoffs. They're minus 1,000 to start the year. Is plus 135 a sucker bet for fans like us who are like, holy shit, the Yankees are plus money to make the playoffs? Or is that something you would actually lay a little bit of juice on? I actually would actually play that, even though I don't like the Yankees. But if we're just talking straight up from a betting perspective, 
I think the Yankees actually do have value to not only, you know, make the playoffs, but to even win the World Series or the American League right now. I don't know what their odds. I think they were about 20 to 1, I think, to win the World Series or yeah. somewhere well, around That was there. my next question is what yeah. with that number, what's that magic number to where you fear, feel comfortable taking the Yankees to win the World Series? Uh, it's over 20 to 1. I mean, they still have a good offense and they still have a good bullpen. They just need they're starting pitching to kind of hold up right now, you know, and now they're getting healthy with guys getting back in the lineup. You know, they had a lot of injuries in the first half of the season. So I, you know, taking my Red Sox fandom out, out of it. I do think that there is value on that number. I know my colleague, Sean Zerillo ran his projections and he does have value on the Yankees to win the AL and uh, the world series. Yep. I mean, you just got to get in the wild card and get hot. You know, I think what what are they, uh, nine or 10 to one right now to win the AL somewhere, uh, somewhere around there, somewhere around there. But um, yeah, I think that it's not a soccer bet. It's still a really good team. And if we're betting on a, you know, essentially a team that is putting up, you know, similar numbers to the teams at the top offense, because offensively they're really improving, especially I saw against left-handed pitching. They've gone from being one, you know, below uh, in the bottom half of major league baseball against lefties to like somewhere near the top five. So improvements on that from an offensive perspective you know the bullpen is still really good it's just if the starting pitching can come through then it could still just be a really it could be a really good team that could easily make a run in the playoffs yeah and uh, yeah those key aspects of it and then also trying to get some of these other guys back on the field because right looking at today's lineup i mean What's going on? I don't even know what's going on. Brett Gardner's uh, hitting leadoff. I mean, there's See, that's like 2012 esque. I don't even know who Bradley is to be honest. I know he's a catcher who's now playing first base. I know there's five people. There's five guys back from the left side today, which is unheard of. Oh, didn't we didn't we talk about the how you guys have no left handed hitters? Yeah, and now there's now. five people in the um, lineup tonight hitting from the left side. Yeah. Next man up Yankees again. Yeah. Just looked up uh, Rob Brantley uh, just to get a little Tonight's feel. Starting first baseman. Yeah. He hasn't uh, played. <laughs> well, he's he's played two games since 2017. All right. He's got something to prove. Um, I like it. And yeah, he spent two years with the Marlins and two years with the White Sox. He didn't, you know, he had one good season, or he had two good seasons. He had 290 and. 2017 and 2012, but uh, yeah, so that's who you have in the lineup tonight. A guy who hasn't played basically since 2017. Yeah, I don't know, man. Litke hadn't played in like six years, and he was dominant in the first half. That's all I'm saying. Can we catch lightning in a bottle twice? I think yes. Maybe. I mean, say what you want, but I think, you know, I've been saying it forever, but I feel like the next man up, I know this is not a Yankee. He's not going to death with the Yankees right now, but... Like I was looking at the lineup last night, and the bottom four guys were have never played the Yankees before, and they all got hits yesterday. <laughs> so I don't know who you are. If you're playing well, then keep playing and keep <laughs> staying in the lineup. I don't, I don't really care. Um, exactly. Anyway, with that being said, um, kind kind of a you know, again, we're we're only I think going into today's game. I think that the Athletics played earlier today, so we're now four and a half games back from the wild card spot, I believe. Um, and then, you know, we're still, um, you know, we're still seven and a half games back from 
the AL East. So, you know, obviously well, that's we, not factoring in Marte, Gallo and Hendricks that are all. Yeah. When we get a healthy. Oh, of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, we're going to package Andahar and Clint Frazier and get all three. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, so, something's going to happen soon. Um, or maybe it's not. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We're waiting on our toes for that to happen. Maybe, maybe there's a, a betting. Is there a, is there a line for trades to happen? <laughs> that you can uh, track? Maybe at some books. I haven't really seen any, but let's just say this. If you want to go get Joey Gallo, you're gonna need to you're gonna need to pay up big yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Um Goody. Yankees are losing now. Oh um, yeah. Anyway, um so Okay, so here's a good question for you. I know well, kind of to segue over to Damon, you were talking about starting pitching being the big mm-hmm. determining factor here of the Yankees postseason odds of you know whether you can actually get something out of laying down money on whether it be the world series whatever damon i know was curious about tyone i'll pass it over to him so he can actually ask the question because i forgot because i'm a jackass but no not really a question i think that you know we're we're really want to look into his like in-depth stats and i think bj had some stats pulled up that he wanted to share for us but from just to kind of let you guys know how jml has been doing and kind of like his his um his last three starts he's only allowed a cumulative of three earned runs his last three starts, um, which is fantastic. I mean, you can't ask for anything more from the guy. Um, you know, he also had some incredible run support on on those games. You know, look at the scores. You had a 12-1 victory. You had an 8-7 loss to Houston, which was, we all know, which was a terrible game where we're, we lost in the, you know, walk-off. Um, and then a 9-1 victory from um, against Boston. So he's had some great run support, unlike Jordan Montgomery, who has had zero run for zero run support in his last five starts, but um, specifically JML, he's had some great runs, run support and he's had some, a pretty remarkable last three starts. Um, so hopefully this is like a big spark for him. Hopefully he can continue to do this. So um, BJ has some more stats to kind of break down for us. Yeah. So I went into his last three starts. What I kind of noticed is that his average exit velocity that he allows is down to an average of 82.5 miles per hour, which in his, in his previous 14 starts, it was an average of 89.7 miles per hour. Wow. And he's not allowing a lot of hard contact. Uh, his hard hit percentage is only at 29.7% in his last three starts when it was 42.6% in his previous 14. And the reason for that is he's mixing his pitches a lot. Well, he's not going to his fastball as often. He's trusting his off speed pitches because if you, if you go back through his career, he actually never threw a fastball, his fastball over 36% of the time when he was in Pittsburgh, which allowed him to mix his pitches really well. But this season, he's throwing his fastball 48.9% of the time. So I don't know if that's something to do with, you know, having two Tommy John surgeries or whatever. But I went back and looked through his game logs and Anytime he's gone to his fastball over 55% of the time in an individual start, which has happened eight times, he's allowed at least five hits and three runs, except for one start against the White Sox. And his average exit velocity that he has allowed has been over 93 miles per hour. So he's basically just been getting shelled if he's throwing his fastball too often. But in his last three starts, he stayed around 50% fastball usage. So if he can continue to mix his pitches really well and doesn't become too reliant on his fastball, I think that he could be really good for the Yankees in the second half. And I mean, he's obviously incredibly talented. I think he was what the second overall pick Mm -hmm. uh, at Pittsburgh, but you know, he's obviously gone through a ton of injuries uh, throughout his career, but he clearly does have the talent. So I think for him, it's just a good mixture of pitches, not becoming reliant on his fastball. And he will, I think he'll be a really good, uh, you know, second or third starter for the Yankees. Yeah. So I think that, you know, earlier in the season, obviously he hasn't hit, 
he hadn't pitched in two years right. or so. So coming off that and then going right into starting, you know, you obviously need some sort of adjustment period. But right. one of the early signs that at least I personally noticed was he was not making it far into games. And I think that's that's a big like that and not having other pitches to rely on. They mm-hmm. go hand in hand. You know, if you don't have like a third, fourth pitch that you can really trust, you're not going to go deep in the ball games because hairs are going to, you know, Second, third time around, they're going to catch on. That's what I was going to say. It was that third time through the order that was killing him. So I guess that kind of goes hand in hand in what <clears throat> BJ was just talking about with the pitch mix. So, you know, yeah, there is some merit behind just raw stats. Yeah, they it are, does make they, sense. These guys know what they're doing. They, <laughs> and exactly. here's here's the other thing, right? You look, take a look at, you know, I know July is not over yet. He'll probably get, what, maybe one more start in July, uh, one or two, depending on how it plays yeah. out. But yeah, so maybe. far... In um in July he has a 1.47 ERA and in June he has 6.14 ERA. That that's a pretty significant difference. So obviously something's worked for him, and it seems like as BJ pointed out, you know his fastball usage, you know exit velocity off the bat, and and a couple other things. So it's cool to see. I think that that was a big part of what the Yankees are missing, and if he can turn it on, then that's that's huge, especially right now. His next start comes against BJ's beloved Red Sox on Saturday. Nice little <laughs> afternoon game. So that'll give us a little extra perspective to look at next time we talk about JMO. A little afternoon Unless he delight. does bad, then we don't need to talk about him anymore. <laughs> a little afternoon delight action. Well, um, he he uh if he if he is uh throwing his offseat pitches like his slider. Uh, quite often the Red Sox actually do struggle against sliders. It's one of the worst pitches. So, and it's funny cuz somebody Oh yeah, almost like another team. That I yeah. mean, much like the broadcast on whatever day yesterday and the laser pointer shit that they reminded us every inning. We're not as insinu- they as they should. We're not insinuating anything. What happened? But, I think I missed that. I mean, I will. I it was blatant cheating it right was, on national television. Oh my god, relax. Can you guys explain that? I don't think I think I missed that. There was a laser pointer from some dumbass fan in center field. If you're a listener to the show, you're not actually dumbass, but please don't do that. So we don't have to listen to A-Rod and whoever. He works for the team. He's not a fan. Well, he was okay. telling him what pitch is coming. So there was a laser pointer, and then whoever their catcher is, Vasquez, was freaking out. Big whole thing. And then they zoomed in, and it was just a fan and whatever. And then Vaskirchen and A-Rod, whoever the broadcast he was, every inning for the like, next like three innings, they were like, man, that, that laser was just so fucking weird. You know, like, I'm, we don't want to say they're cheating, and I, clearly they're not. But, man, it makes you think. Like, So, much like them, we're not insinuating anything, but I am. BJ has a couple of Some interesting, interesting- – Factoid, let's just say tidbits. let's just say their stand their standout stats. Let's just yeah. say their standout stats. And you'll never guess what team it comes. He'll from. Uh, BJ will explain who they're coming from and what the stats are. We're not inferring anything, but take We're the information, the Don't di- digest the, the information, and make your own assumptions. But we'll be pretty obvious on where we stand. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, there is a team in baseball that has been accused of, you know, bending the rules, we'll say, uh, to a certain extent, Manfred. Cert- certain extent, maybe, I don't know, two years ago it was. Um, the Houston Astros, 
we all know that, uh, you know, maybe they were banging trash cans. Maybe they were using video technology. Maybe they're using buzzers. Who knows what they were using? But I went and looked at some of their run values against specific pitches uh, just because I wanted to see, you know, what happened uh, over the years after they, you know, basically got a slap on the wrist. Um, in 2019, they had a positive run value against every single pitch. And <laughs> their their run values against sliders and curveballs, uh, it was plus 39.1. Uh, and plus 24.5, which um, is way above what any other team in Major League Baseball. So, you know, we all know what happened. And then we go, we go to last year, and Houston had a negative run value against every single pitch, uh, except they had a slightly positive run value against sliders. So, you know, maybe when you're not able to know what pitch is coming, it's kind of hard. But we come to this year, and they now have a positive run value against every single pitch, which is interesting. Yeah, they have a plus 8.7 run value against sliders, a plus 4.9 run value against curveballs, a plus 16.6 run value against cutters, a plus 10.8 run value against changeups, and a plus 12.1 run value against fastballs. So it's just interesting that, you know, two years removed from maybe they were cheating, maybe they weren't. I'll let you, I'll leave that up to your own interpretation that they suddenly now have a positive run value against every single pitch this year, just like they did in 2019 when last year it was negative versus every single pitch. So I'm not just like the ESPN broadcast on Sunday night. I'm not insinuating anything. I'm just putting the facts out there and letting you, decide for yourself no, see this is the benefit of having a guy who does it for the li- does it for a living even if he's a red Sox fan he redeems himself here because none of us are going to look that shit up and i don't even know where to find that so bj can you can you for people who don't know can you explain a little bit more what exactly run value is and like what that actually means yeah so i mean it's just uh it's basically like a major league average and um it just basically takes how certain guys do or how teams basically do versus that pitch and how many, uh, I I don't know if it's exactly how many runs they score off it, but it's, um, yeah, it's basically just how many runs that they've scored off just that one individual pitch. So so obviously positive run value means that they're really good against that pitch. Negative run value means they're below average or a little bit worse against that pitch. Yeah. It's all, it's all, yeah. Based on an average. Yeah. Interesting to see a lot. So I guess you would probably build that into your models when you're predicting true lines and stuff like that, how a pitching matchup and their pitcher's arsenal kind of factors in against a team and their run values against certain pitches, right? So you're talking about uh, like Garrett Cole. He's got fastball, changeup, knuckle curve, slider, whatever. And then you look at a team and you're like, okay, so they have a positive run value on X, Y, and Z. So that kind of factors into, hey, there's value on this line. Hey, there's not, and so on. Yeah, I mean, essentially, like, you know, for one of my picks tonight, it's kind of based on uh, a run value uh, versus a certain pitch and a guy that, you know, throws basically that pitch, uh, you know, pretty often. Um, yeah, it, it's this information is honestly really useful when you're handicapping games. I'd say that it doesn't actually go into – like the projections that I use. Cause that's just, honestly, that's just too much math and I'm not smart enough to yeah. figure all the formulas out and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But um, 
it is helpful when you're going through like everything and you're like, for example, okay, like the twins are the second best fastball hitting team in baseball. And they're facing essentially, if they're facing like a fastball heavy pitcher, it's like, oh, well, that's a wonderful matchup for them. And you can even, even though the twins aren't very good and they're, you know, usually plus money, uh, big time plus money because they're starting pitching and bullpen suck, you know, you could even target a team total uh, to, you know, try and win that bet instead of taking, you know, them like, you know, at plus 150 or plus 175. So, yeah, I mean, it's all very useful. And the the flip side of that is you also kind of got to know how good that pitcher is with that certain pitch. So it all kind of comes together where if a pitcher is struggling with a certain pitch and that team hits that pitch well, then it's a, you know, a tremendous matchup for that offense. Yeah. And again, we're, uh, you know, we're not going to say that the the Astros are cheating, but they're no, no, we're not going to say that at all. They're definitely no, cheating no. again. All right, it's fine. They're definitely cheating again. And anything that we can say that to bash the Astros, uh, we're going to say it. Um, you know what? We're reeling here. We need something. If the Yankees aren't going to be good, at least the Astros, there might be a glimmer of hope that they're cheating. And you know what? Mutual hate is better than mutual love. So right. And if anybody wants to just monitor, you know, these run values and everything like that, if you just go to Fangraphs team stats. Uh, there's a little tab uh, called pitch value uh, to get you gives you all the pit, all the uh, pitch or the run values for every single team against uh, all pitch types. So if anybody out there just kind of wants to monitor that throughout the second half, that's where you can go to get it. How Sweet. fucking funny would that be if they actually got popped again? <laughs> BJ is the new just, just cancel the, fran- just cancel the franchise. I, I don't have video proof of any of this. I am just looking at the stats and just laying it out and letting you all make the decision for yourself. I, I mean, unless, unless... We, the boys of 161st Street sponsored <laughs> by Action Network. BJ coming in from the top ropes with his stats comes in and breaks the news of the cheating. Yeah. Again, I did not say that they were cheating. I just am laying I'm out ju- the stats I'm for I'm just everybody. saying, like I said, no insinuating going on. Just if this little play hypothesis were to come true, you heard it here first. At Make that sure point, give us credit. at that point, just cancel the franchise. Just delete them. And now, just, Rob Manfred you know. will probably reward him. Be like, yeah. man, you guys outsmarted me. I'm just going to go ahead and give you the 2021. World I mean, here's the thing. Unless every single player got better at hitting, which I don't think they did. Something's up. I'll say it. Something's up. Maybe I'm just a little I mean, salty because yeah, they're doing too well, but I need something to be mad at. <laughs> right. I mean, to have, I mean, it's just crazy that they go from this high of run values against every pitch to last year basically going negative against everything, including fastballs, to to now this season basically being back where they were in 2019. It's just, it, it's interesting. It's, it's fishy. Yeah. It's healthy fishy. Um, yeah. Anyway, speaking Cucks. of um, picks for, for tomorrow, um, do you have any picks for tomorrow, BJ? I do. I have two picks. Uh, first up, Indians versus Astros. Uh, Eli Morgan versus Lance McCullers. Eli Morgan's been getting shelled in his first season in the big leagues. He has an ERA over seven, ex- expected ERA at 6.12, and XFIP at 4.77. The biggest issue is he's has not been able to keep the ball inside the yard. He's allowed nine home runs in his six starts. He has a three-pitch mix, a fastball slider, and changeup, but all of them are allowing an X weight on base average over 300. So this, this is not a good matchup for him because the Astros, like we've mentioned, they've been one of the best offenses in baseball. They absolutely crush right-handed pitching. They have a 334 weight on base average and 116 weight runs created plus, both of which are inside the top three in Major League Baseball. And like we've already mentioned, they have positive run values against Eli Morgan's top three pitches, a fastball, changeup, and slider. So 
really bad matchup for Eli Morgan. Lance McCullers, he's been pretty good. He's got next area, next fit, both under four, but he's having some issues with his control because his walk per nine rate is all the way up at 4.47, which is his highest mark in four years. The main pitch he goes to is a sinker, but he hasn't been that effective with it because it's allowing an, an X-weighted on base average of 344. Cleveland's offense has been improving since their slow start. They just recently got one of their best hitters, Fran Mil Reyes, back in the lineup, so I don't think McCullers is going to be able to just mow right through this lineup. Also, the Astros' bullpen just straight-up stinks. They're 19th in XFIP. They're in the bottom half of baseball in walk-per-nine rate and home-run-per-nine rate. I have 9.96 runs projected for this game, so I think there's some value on over nine runs at even money. Also, I know this is a bad matchup for the Indians, but the Astros' price is way too high at minus 310. So I'll probably end up playing a little bit of the Indians at plus 245 because Cleveland does have the best bullpen in baseball. But, you know, I wouldn't fault anybody if they just want to, you know, avoid Eli Morgan and the Indians at yeah. you know, plus 245. I mean, any, any team that... I mean, Indians are not a bad team, and no. if you can get if you can get a decent team or a good team at that line, like I don't care who they're playing, shit shit happens, right. you know. <laughs> and yeah, that, I mean it. It's just it's that's just way too high. I think I had the Indians projected around like you know plus one seventy five. Yeah. I think is a fair line. So I mean, yeah, unless it's two, like Cole against the Orioles, and not even the John Means Orioles. Like I feel like anything in the three hundreds is just not even closely justified. You know, there's a saying in in life, guys, that every man has a price. <laughs> and uh, when you offer me that high of a price, even though it is a bad pitcher, I just I have to take it. Yeah, gotta so, get my paws on it. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, quick, uh, quick trivia question for you guys. Love it. Can you name what college Eli Morgan attended? And I'll give you one big hint. He went to uh, college at one of the most successful college basketball programs west of the Mississippi River. Uh, UCLA. Nope. This team has uh, recently been one of the best recently. college Texas, basketball. Texas is not very good at best. Texas Tech. No. This team made a where's, deep run in the NCAA tournament this year. Gonzaga's in Washington. So that was correct. That plays. Is that right? That plays. Yep. Gonzaga, you're such a beast, damn it! He's so definitely looking trivia. that up behind I'm so, you. I'm petting a cat as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I saw you mute. There's an Alexa in the background <laughs> answering that. Um, okay, so yeah, next up, I have one more: uh, Giants versus Dodgers. Logan Webb versus Julio Urias. Webb's actually been really good for the Giants here. He's got an xERA of 3.45 and an xFIP of 3.03. He's mainly a sinker ball guy, and he's been pretty effective with it because opponents have a negative six run value against it. But his slider has been by far his best pitch. Opponents are only hitting 111 against it, and it has a ridiculous 51.6% whiff rate. It will be a tough matchup because the Dodgers do hit right righties, sinkers, and sliders well. But Webb did shut them down in his only appearance against them in late May. He gave up only one run and one hit and in five innings of work. Julio Urias has pretty similar numbers to Logan Webb. His XERA and XFIP are both below four, but this is not a great matchup for him because he's mainly a fastball pitcher. He goes to it 49.6% of the time, and he has not been effective with it because it's allowing a four, uh, 4.13 weighted on base average. And guess which pitch the Giants just absolutely murder? It's fastballs. They have a plus 43.9 run value against fastballs, which is the best mark in Major League Baseball. They also hit lefties pretty well. They have a 324 weight on base average against them. I have the Giants projected at uh, plus 124, so I love them at plus 175 to pull off the upset. 
Also, fun fact about Logan Webb, his first ever MLB start, I think, or it was his rookie year. First time I ever saw his name, I took the over on his K's because my best friend from childhood had, you know, through today, his little brother's name is Logan Webb. <laughs> took the over on his K's. I was down big on the book. I was like, you know what? Double or nothing. Logan Webb, I know nothing about you. Bring me to the promised land. And he cashed with flying colors. It was oh, four man. and a half K's. He finished with seven Look in that, that game. So, you're, a, you're a little stitious there, Chandler. I am a lot of stitious. <laughs> Some would say super stitious. You know, this also kind of goes back to our like original com- conversation about like most profitable teams in baseball. Uh-huh. Like, this is the exact situation that we're kind of talking about is that, you know, the Giants have, I don't know if they still are, but they're still one of the most profitable teams in baseball. And it's kind of situations like this where they're playing, you know, the Dodgers are, you know, obviously probably the most talented team in the National League. Um, yeah. And they're still favored, you know, minus 210, even though the Giants are uh, leading the division by two games. So. It's true. I mean, did you purposefully not say the most talented team in baseball because you didn't want to offend the Red Sox? No, I mean, <laughs> I, I just, I just said National League just to be fair to everybody. Is all. Yeah, I mean, when, when healthy, the Dodgers are ridiculous. I'm, I still don't know how the Giants are still in first place. It, it's it baffling. Makes no sense. It's baffling. Yeah, dude, it's just they're, they're, their offense is incredible. Like they have a really good offense. They hit both righties and lefties well, which would, which they did last season, and it's just their bullpen has been good instead of being one of the worst in baseball and they have you know they have three good starters you know in Webb, gosman and uh de sclafani so it's not crazy to think that they can just continue to hold on to the you know division lead and actually get the number one cdnl yeah. i mean dodgers are they're banged up they're like they're they're yeah. winning games but they're you know they're still hanging on they're most of their team not most of their team but a lot of their star players are injured much like the yankees but yeah um all right. Is that it? I don't have anything else. You answered all my Yankees questions. They're gonna, perfect. All right. Win the division. You heard it here first. Larry, you I have it. Oh, I didn't. Well, I didn't say division. No, 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 no. I didn't say division. I said no, no, no. there's they a value the on them. To win. Well, we'll the see American how this League weekend goes. The then we'll, we'll, we'll chat again after this weekend. That sounds wonderful. Dude, get your, you know, get your typewriter out, get your quill. Because there's a there's a poem coming <laughs> at the resurgence of the New I'm York not, Yankees. I'm not worried about having to write a poem. I am. I mean, well, maybe Chandler needs to get. Oh, how about this? How about this, guys? Let's make it a little more interesting. If the Red Sox sweep the Yankees, you guys get to write me a poem. If the Red See Sox sweep, we have to we have to write a a sad poem. Yes. Yeah. Let's make it interesting. All right, if, so, all right. I'm deal. gonna go ahead and write mine now. Deal, sure. If if the Red Sox sweep sweep the Yankees, I will I'll write you a poem. I'll write you a poem too. <laughs> Lovely. I cannot wait for it. All right. Um. All right. Well, appreciate you coming on, BJ. Um. For those of you who are listening, want to go check out the Action Network and follow all of us. Go to theactionnetwork.com forward slash app. Um, we also have the link in our podcast bio. But go follow us. Um, we got 161 Damon as myself, 161 Bing, and then we got um, BJ Cunningham at his action. He's the one with all the followers and the green in his profile, so that would be easy to, to, to pick out. Um, but yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on, and we'll uh, we'll see we'll not see you next week, but we have another Action Network episode coming out next week, um, every Wednesday. So stay tuned and have any questions that you want the Action Network and will be experts to answer. Um, hit our voicemail or, or send us a DM. 
All the guys at 161st Street, I just have two words for you. See ya.